Hey, hey, what's going on, man? Hey, man, how's it going? Not too bad. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you well. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I can. All right, cool. Thanks yeah. for joining me. Well, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I really enjoyed your video last night as well with the uh, industrial Fuji. Oh, yeah. Thank you. The shots <laughs> of the swim pool were epic. It was fun to make. Yeah. So tell me, one. the first question I sent over is how long have you been doing photography for? So photography for? Uh, I think I've been doing it for about like 10 years now. So I started in high school. We had a class where we actually started with film and developing and printing and stuff in the dark room, and that was really cool. Uh, my professor, not my professor in high school, was just a teacher. Was a very good teacher. Okay. And uh, he was he was really good about teaching us composition and rule of thirds and stuff like that. And uh, he once once we learned that we moved, and then he got kind of hard on us, and he would have us um, do like I can't remember what they were called, but we would just we would uh, go up and we would display our work and we would probably have between four and six photos and he would basically critique them and uh, the whole class would join in as well. And it was a, it was a really good way to learn, I think. So you, you kind of started in film then. You're, uh, you're saying you when you studied at school, you went straight in with film. Uh, a lot of people start with yep. digital cameras and then sort of find that the creative itch needs to be scratched in a different way. And then, uh, well, as film is very popular now, sort of uh, stumble across these challenge channels like Villain Verbeek and things like that and think, okay, this this looks pretty cool. Did you um, then yep. go back? So I noticed you're actually a videographer or a cinematographer as well. You do uh, a bit of video and the, the sort of production level of your videos is, is clearly someone who knows how to handle a a digital camera as well. So then you sort of circle back and, and pick up the digital after the film. Yeah. So, um, I moved quickly into digital once we did film cause film was what he made you start with in that class. Okay. Um, and then basically after that he would let you choose, you could choose film or digital and literally everyone would choose digital just because it was way easier. And, that was fun because I got to work with editing software a little bit more and I got to color grade. And, um, we also did a little bit of HDR cause that was really popular back, back when I was starting. So that was fun to do, especially with architecture and stuff. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was, it was a good time. I, I took that class probably three or four times cause he would let you take it over and over again and you would get into like advanced, advanced photography and he would yeah. start letting you like pick your own themes and stuff, which was really fun and cool. It's an interesting uh, point you made then about HDR photography and within sort of the digital realm and specifically for the past few years, everyone's been obsessed with getting the most sharpest pictures with the most dynamic range. Um, but sometimes it's, uh, it's quite nice to just have a, quite a narrow dynamic range and have that, really tight contrast and and not be able to see everything and as, uh, even film yeah, I, shoot, sure. I shoot on 35 as well like you as um as some other formats um but I th there's a lot to be said for not having such clarity and sharpness and, and dynamic range and leaving a little bit to the imagination with film yeah i think so too um i think back when I was in, in school doing that. So that would have been like probably like 2012, 2013. Um, 
the HDR was really like ridiculous. Like you would see people like really cranking it and doing like maybe if they were actually bracketing their photos and stuff, they would do it with like eight photos. So photos would start looking like video games basically. Yeah, yeah. And now it's kind of, I think it's kind of come back a little bit to where people still want sharpness and stuff, but you're seeing a lot of like for wedding photographers and stuff, you're seeing softer images and stuff that looks a little bit more, I don't know, a little, a little bit more pleasing i guess a little bit easier to look at yeah you're the actually the first person i've spoke to on the podcast who started with film and then moved to digital do you find that when you picked up a digital camera that um it changed the way you looked at photography did it give you a new perspective yeah it did um i think it made me a perfectionist a little bit kind of in a bad way maybe because um i would start taking 30 pictures of the same thing until I got the perfect framing and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of what pushed me back into film was I started getting really tired of sifting through 50 photos of the same thing. And it just became a mundane, really boring process. And I just would rather switch that out for the process of scanning and developing and all of that. So. Yeah. It's, it's almost like you shift the, the amount of time you're going to spend on your pictures to the actual capture inside rather than the sifting through the Lightroom and then sort of tagging everything and looking at what you can edit or what you can tweak and circling back because maybe there isn't one that you like so you think I lower my expectations and my, my standards and then well maybe I could crop this one or maybe I could just take down the exposure a little bit and, and work it in that way. So you're yeah. kind of spending more time front composing rather than than trying to mop up a mess or, you know, potentially not fantastic photos and make them something better. Yeah. Was there a point in your photography where there was sort of of a paradigm shift where you thought there was like an aha moment where you thought, okay, this changes how I'm actually going to shoot. I'm going to, and did your style develop differently since then? Or was it always a sort of gradual progression? Um, I would say that... It changed a little bit because when I was in high school, we were really focused on composition and the rules of composition. Mm. And then in college, which was kind of, I'd kind of tapered off a little bit with photography while I was taking college classes. And then I got back into it when I took an art of landscape class, which was actually, a it was supposed to be a painting class or like drawing or charcoal um, images. And I talked to the professor and he let me do photography for it. And he actually taught my high school uh, teacher, which was pretty cool. cool. And he um, he was kind of a little bit more about feel and a little bit more about not worrying about the rules of composition, rule of thirds, things like that. And he would just tell you to like feel it out. What do you like? Focus on what you like and try and make it a part of the image. And that that I think changed my my style a little bit more. Yeah, I can imagine. I, th- I think I've had a sort of similar experience, but without the uh, without the the high school teacher sort of prompting. But that, you know, you can there's many roads, and you can sort of realise yourself that there's a certain feeling you get from taking photos that is kind of encouraging you to take uh, a certain path. And even when, because I started with digital, and I was kind of these people who watched every Pete McKinnon video, every sort of um, digital YouTube guy. And I was like, okay, well, I need a 1DX. I'm not going to be able to take good photos until I have a 1DX. And so when I hit film and I got a Canon A1 as my first film camera, um, 
yeah, it just completely changed me because I had to think about exposure, think about, you know, what ISO I'm going to put in the camera and I've got to make that last 36 shots. And if the sun goes down between a, a 100 speed film, then I've kind of got a bit of, bit of a problem. Um, mm -hmm. and just started to make me think about the, the actual photography more than the actual, um, you know, the gear and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. That's one thing I like about film a lot is it, it definitely pushes you to be a better, be a better artist, I guess, if you want to call it that and make better photos, yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to worry about the gear so much because it's about film and the lenses really. And then other than that, you're going to get pretty much the same image with any camera, depending mm. on if it's 35 or whatever, if it's medium format or large format or anything like that. So you shoot on a Canon P, is that correct? I do. It's right here. So I've got a Canon P and right now on it, I've got a Jupiter 12 lens, a Russian lens. Wow. Nice. Uh, which is a 35 millimeter focal length. Do you have a, a preferred focal length is the one that you go to? Is it the 35 or? I would say 50. I'm 50. definitely a 50 shooter. Yeah. I uh, like a little bit more compression. Hunt, a little bit more. On purist yeah. of, yeah, 50. Yeah. It's, also was, this has, this has frame lines for 35, 50 and 100. And the 35 frame lines are just very, barely on the edge of the viewfinder. So it's kind of hard to think with 35 in this camera anyways. Uh, okay. I've seen in your videos, you've tried quite a few films. And lastly, you tried the Fuji Industrial. And the first video I've watched of your uh, YouTube uh, channel was your 800T uh, in the night photography. Do you have a film that's, that's your favorite? That's like a, a personal sort of sweet spot for you? Um, no, I don't, I feel like you say I've tried a lot of films, but I feel like I haven't tried <laughs> as many films as I should have by now. Um, but I would say definitely 400 speed is probably my sweet spot or mm -hmm. maybe 200, um, just because it's usable in the daytime and for night photography, I like to do longer exposure times. So yeah. Using like an 800 speed film is it kind of gets it a little bit short, and you can't really get like light trails from cars or anything cool like that. So that's one thing I really like to play with is longer exposure times. So um, that's why I'd pick 400 probably. Nice. And I like um, I like uh, Ultramax a lot actually for night photography. Yeah, I saw that video you did on the I think it was your video on the Ultramax as well. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good film for night photography. The colors are a little bit more punchy than like Portra or uh, like Pro 400H, which is discontinued now, sadly. Yeah. But um, yeah, I like the punchy colors of that one. Nice. Have you ever tried slide film? Like, um, no, I haven't tried slide film. Uh, and I <laughs> I'm a little bit scared too because I feel like I haven't quite dialed in my uh, my technique enough to where. I can get the perfect exposure needed for slide film, but um, I, that is something I would like to try in the future. I, I bought, I've, I've got a roll of Vectrochrome at home in the fridge. My fridge is basically all film now, so I'm like hoarding it. I shoot, <laughs> I shoot Portra mostly, but I've just keep buying different films. I just like the, the colors of all the films in the bottom of my fridge. But I bought um, one roll of slide film and I really like the thought of being able to pull it out of the, the tank and actually be able to see the images just there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. How the, how slide film works like that. Yeah. It's really interesting. And you develop your film yourself as well. 
I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I have a couple buddies that shoot film with me sometimes. Um, a lot of the times I'm going out and shooting by myself, but we'll always develop together and stuff. And we just go in their laundry room because it's a room with no windows and uh, roll the, I'll roll the film because they don't know how to because they didn't have the same high school classes oh, okay. and stuff. And they're a little bit nervous to do that. But I roll the film for them and then we'll go and we'll have all the chemicals already ready while I've been rolling. And it's it's a good time. It's a nice part of the process as well. I think it extends that that photography process is actually mixing the chemicals and and doing it yourself. I tried yeah, yeah. I tried colour film when I first got into photography and this is like my first development experience and I just made a complete mess of it. So I went in, I said, I'm only gonna develop black and white now and I kinda got that down to a T. I was doing like stand development and things like that. And I've just mm-hmm. come back down to colour. And uh, I pulled out my first sort of six by seven color negatives and I, I got it. So I was like, yes, I feel feeling good <laughs> nice. now. I've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a little bit harder with, with color films. Um, but once you get used to it, you're really just kind of, you kind of go on autopilot and it, it turns out pretty well. As long as you've, as long as you're not trying to like pull or push process your film, then you're probably going to be fine once you get used to it. Um, and I try and, I don't really like to pull or push film unless I accidentally shot a roll in the wrong setting or something and yeah. have to. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. I, I like to do it. It's it's a it's a good part of the process. It makes you feel like you're actually working really hard to get those images. Um, and we, uh, when we when I was in school, we we never did color film. We only did black and white. So when I started doing color film at home with my friends, uh, we had to learn it all by ourselves with uh, videos like Willem's videos and yeah, stuff yeah. like that to learn how to do it. So it was, it was a fun learning curve. There's so much advice on the internet that conflicts every Reddit post about how to do it properly, to invert, oh, or to yeah. agitate, to pre-wash or not to pre-wash. Mm-hmm. It's a mindful. Yeah, I think, I think with, with that kind of stuff, you've got to like, I, I, I listened to your uh, episode with Mr. Leica. Ah, okay, and, uh, great. Yeah, yeah, and we, you guys talked a little bit about sifting through uh, all of the information that's out there. Yeah, and uh, I think I think once you find that person you like to watch that will teach you how to do stuff, you have to kind of experiment with the little details because otherwise you'll just get lost in the comments of people arguing about what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing, and then yeah. then it just gets really confusing. It was interesting talking to Mister Like when he says he kind of puts a little bit of rhodonol and a little bit of extol in. That's like the Heisenberg level of, of film development now. Like he's mixing <laughs> yeah. his own compounds. Yeah, we never we never got that far with uh, black and white developing. So that yeah. was like way that was past my past my knowledge. It's interesting that you shot primarily on uh, all black and white during school, but all your images now are at least mostly in color. Is this yeah. kind of like because you found a new thing and? Yeah, I think I think color started with digital and the HDR stuff. So once I got into that, I just I really loved chasing colors and stuff like that. And um, black and white never really did it as much for me. I think just because I never really took the time after after the beginning to kind of work on black and white. I actually just shot my first roll of black and white a couple weeks ago uh, on film in probably 10 years. Wow. Um, so I'm going to get the chemicals for that and we'll see how it turns out. What film stock was that? Was it T-Max or? No, it was T-Max. Four, 
Yeah, it was T-Max 400. T-Max, nice. And we went to went downtown a little bit, and I went to a zoo also. So hopefully there will be some cool images. Yeah. Are you going to try and shoot night photography on black and white ever? Because I heard that's hard to do. I've heard it's hard also. And I, I might try it, but I, I don't see myself doing it on a regular basis just because I really like... I like photographing weird colors and stuff, especially at night. So that's that's one of the things that I really like about night photography. Just kind of getting that moodiness, you know. Yeah. What was it like starting night photography then? Because I've wanted to do it for quite a while, but um, never really trusted my cable release or my sort of, um, what's it called? The where you, you were, what's it called where you film, you've got to compensate for your film's reactivity to the light. Reciprocity failure. Reciprocity failure. Yeah, never kind of got my head around exactly what times I should be doing it and stuff. What was it like for you then, going out yeah, the first that, time shooting night? Uh, it was okay. Um, <laughs> I I don't think I messed up too bad. Um, I just use so for metering and stuff. I just use a meter that's on my phone. Mm. Uh, it's called the app's called Lightmate, I think, and um, it's just a really simple app, and it works actually pretty well even at night. So. Um, after that first time that I went out and shot, I was pretty, pretty, uh, confident in the meter app. Um, but the first time that I went out was, uh, photographing Christmas lights around oh. my neighborhood yep, and stuff that like that. And, um, it was, uh, it was with Portra 800. Um, so I really didn't have to do that long of exposure time. So it wasn't super, um, intimidating yeah um but then a couple other times that i've gone out i've used lower speed films like shooting with the industrial at night was kind of uh kind of intimidating because i wasn't sure how long i should be exposing but um i think the first time when you go out just bracketing your photos is a good way to learn and get a feel of it because um if you get multiple exposures of the same thing you can just look at them side by side and see how it differs with your exposure times and stuff do you make notes then of your of your different brackets so that you can remember exactly, or do you just sort of remember it? Uh, a little of both. I, I think I'm going to start carrying a journal with me when I go out yeah. and do kind of slower photography stuff. If I'm going out and doing street, I'm not going to worry about it. But it down. Um, but uh, for for slow stuff, when I'm just out like in the middle of the night alone. Uh, I'll, I'll probably have a journal with me so that I can remember, especially just for the videos, because I've I've had a lot of people actually asking me what my settings were, um, and I'm just like I can't really remember. <laughs> so, so it's uh, yeah, it's something I need to start doing definitely. We I mentioned before about the sort of production value of your your videos, and the, clearly it's not your sort of first foray into video or anything like that. What made you start? Because it's very recently that you actually started the channel. What made you start? Uh, I think I just, I wanted, firstly, I wanted a place to, so I'm, I, first I'm, I majored in film at, in college. Ah, okay. So that's kind of where the production value and stuff comes from. And I, I appreciate you, uh, noticing the, <laughs> the effort that it takes to make a good video. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I majored in that in college and I just, after I graduated, I kind of needed a place to share my video work and stuff because right after I graduated, we went into the pandemic. So um, all of the like film festival stuff that I was planning kind of went down the drain. So I needed, I needed a place to share my short films that weren't really, I wasn't doing anything with. Um, and 
I started making film photography videos just for just for fun. And that's kind of become the main branch of the channel so far. Um, but I do I do want to do more video related and cinematography related kind of videos to kind of teach people and show people what I'm doing and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that'd be nice. It'd be nice to see. Um, I mentioned this when we spoke on email previously. It's, there's a kind of mood of film photographers on YouTube, which is different than the, as we've mentioned, like Pete McKenna or stuff like that. But it's kind of a little bit more slower paced, a bit sort of cooler. Than, do you think oh, yeah. that perhaps bringing that, that personality of a film photographer into teaching video, that you'll add something different than the sort of, wham bam sort of buy a gimbal buy a sony a7 do this do you think you could perhaps deliver a more considered approach to cinematography or videography than what's out yeah there? i think i think so um one thing that i really take pride and enjoyment in is saving money and not buying the most expensive stuff and getting 80 or 90 percent of the quality of the really expensive stuff with much cheaper options yeah. so um i've i've kind of dabbled in vintage lenses partially because of film but partially because i've got a mirrorless camera as well that i can adapt lenses to easily so i've got a whole right here i don't know if you can see it but i've got a whole set of like russian vintage primes that wow. i kind of want to start working with i, I really want to use them for short films and stuff but i'll probably start using them for youtube videos a little bit more too nice You've got quite a good um, good response to your videos so far as well. And I've seen people comment on your Instagram saying, we watched the videos of this. It was fantastic. It's really yeah. nice to see. It's It's been surprising. <laughs> and I've, I've done YouTube before and it's not really been as successful. But um, I think the photography community is just really, really cool. And going back to your, your question about what made me start, it just, it looked like so much fun, like mm. watching all the other people like Willem and like Volandis and all of those guys, like Matt Day and yeah. everybody. I uh, just look, it just looks like so much fun. And like all the, all the comments, or at least most of the comments seem way nicer than usual YouTube comments. And it just seemed like a good place to be. Yeah. And it does feel, you mentioned the word community. It does feel more communal in the film photography community than the, um, than the digital world. I think everybody's just yeah, sort of sure. really enjoys seeing other people doing it and seeing if they can pick up some tips and just see some cool shots. It's more of an investment in the actual film photography than um, than what I can get out of the, the person who's going to teach me something. It's more like I enjoy watching them do well in the photography as well. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely do that. I go and pretty much every morning I'll go and I'll see who's made a new video. Cause I just, I'm super curious and I really want to watch it and really want to give them like good feedback if I really liked something and stuff like that. So it's, I think people have a genuine interest in each other's success and their work and stuff. And it's, it's way different than most YouTube stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Do you think obviously film photography is sort of taken an upsurge in popularity recently or the sort of past couple of years and you know, as you mentioned, Matt Day's channel has, has blown up uh, significantly over the course of the last couple of years, at least. Do you think there's a there's a there's a there's a bubble that could burst at some point, or do you think this is going to be somewhere where um, we'll just see film photography live on forever and it'll just become stronger 
or I definitely I think film will live on for the foreseeable future at least especially black and white mm. um, but I I don't know I don't know if there's like a bubble little burst or not but I I think there will always be that little kind of niche community I don't think it'll gain super huge popularity but I think there is that kind of niche that will all a lot of the celebrities that you see now using point and shoots and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of driven people to get interested in film a little bit more. So it'll it'll probably go up and go a little bit down, but it'll always I think it'll always be there. Yeah. And like you mentioned celebrities, even the sort of the perhaps not celebrities, but Instagram influencers that you see you take the selfies there's a there's a trend to see them put sort of a film grain over the top or see some sort of retro vintage filter on there. So certainly the aesthetic of as film is being appreciated far and wide, even not necessarily if they if they're actually shooting on film themselves. I got a a girl who I'm gonna shoot with in the next couple of weeks and she sent me some really professional photos that she had done. And but I mentioned that I was gonna shoot her on film and she was so excited. She was like, Oh, that sounds fantastic. I'm always putting these film filters over my photos, but I've never actually been shot on film before. So yeah, it's yeah, exciting. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see to see people trying to emulate film and even even companies like Fuji putting film uh, presets and stuff in in their cameras. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I think uh, the uh, the point and shoots are kind of are going to be really popular too with just a broad base of people that maybe don't even want to like get <laughs> popular and like have people talk about their work they just want to have that retro sort of feel it's funny you mentioned the the point issues that was was it kendall jenner who um who talked about the contacts t2 and then it yeah, sort of yeah, shot up in on, price yeah on jimmy fallon or something like that yeah that was it yeah so, but um, it's even like I was, I sort of thirst after a Mimia 7. And maybe it's just because I've watched so many videos with Willem or, or Matt or, uh, or whoever with the Mimia 7. But uh, so I normally, in normal times, would shoot martial arts photography. And I'd always do that in digital for the reasons of speed and things like that. But I love kind of the idea of having a, a rangefinder medium format and being able to take photos you know, on film, capture those real sporting. Have you ever tried um, strobes or artificial lighting with film photography? Uh, not strobes, but I, I have used artificial light. Um, some of the stuff that uh, I did early on was um, with steel wool. So um, you can basically, you can get steel wool and you can, uh, you can make it uh, like, you can burn it basically. And if you do a long exposure with that, you can you can make some crazy stuff. Definitely, definitely check that out. Like look it up online because there's okay. crazy photography that people do with steel wool. Actually, there was <laughs> there was a student that uh, he ended up starting a fire in a field because he was doing he was doing steel wool in a in like a dry field like a dry wheat field or something and he started he just caught the whole field on fire because he was trying to do some steel wool photography um but but yeah like artificial lighting i think artificial lighting is really really cool um and 
I, I haven't done it as much recently, but I, I want to get back into it. I want to get like one of those uh, light bars that's like RGB and you can change the color temperature like yeah. from very cold to very warm and just kind of mess with that. Nice. Yeah, I've um, I've got some like Godox AD, AD200 lights that because I, I want to kind of shift as much over into film as I can. But it's like it's took me hard, long enough to learn how to meter and expose properly on film with the light that's available without actually then factoring in a flash of light, which I've got to sort of, you know, meter for and not being able to see instantly if I've metered that correctly and just hope uh, that it works out. So I've kind of got this dual setup where I've got the same triggers for my Sony so I can take the picture with the flash and then hopefully transfer those same settings over. But I mean, that's still kind of hoping for the best. This is sort of the best guess. Yeah, that, that's uh, smart. Um, I, yeah, I've, I think I've shot with strobes maybe once and it didn't turn out very well because it's, it was just so new to me, but yeah. um, I, I would like to try it again. There's just where I live, there's not a lot of like studio spaces to do that. Um, you'd have to, you'd have to set up your own, your own real space. And I don't, I don't have the space for that right here. So, um, a lot of the portrait stuff that I do is outside natural light mm. and, and it's a, it's a lot simpler of a setup. Well, I live in the UK, so we don't really have a lot of natural light. It's, uh, like 10, <laughs> 10 months in darkness and then we get two, yeah. two months of a little bit of a sort of hazy sunshine if we're lucky. One of the things um, I find difficult is photography takes so so much of my time, whether it's actually doing photography, researching things about film photography or watching videos. And um, it's hard to balance other creative pursuits. I noticed in one of your videos, you had a, like a Stratocaster behind you as well, like uh, a guitar. Do you mm -hmm. find that your, your other creative um, interest has kind of had to take a back seat or do you how do you find balancing your other creative pursuits yeah definitely so i i do find that photography and videos takes up a lot of my time um luckily i enjoy doing it and yeah. it's something that i want to make my career so um it's not i don't think it's a negative but it definitely does take away from other stuff like that guitar that's sitting there like i don't i don't know how to play guitar very well because <laughs> i've been working so hard on videos and photos and stuff um and I, i'd like to learn uh another language and that's kind of taken a backseat especially um because i'm busy but also because it's hard to learn by yourself and uh, i think photography and trying to hang out with friends and stuff is really like what takes most of my time yeah and it's nice to be able to combine them some of the best photos i've taken are just sort of out with my sisters and brothers at, in bars and stuff and they've been blurry and the the white balance has been out and stuff like that but they've just captured the mood perfectly and and, and i was having a good time when i took them as well there was no pressure yeah speaking of that i uh one one thing i like to do is i don't always like to take my uh canon out with me or my sony because they're kind of big and you kind of have to worry about settings a lot so i like to take when i'm going to like a party or something i'll i'll take a point and shoot film camera and just and just kind of pass it around and it's it's fun to have there and just let people mess with it and take pictures and stuff and you get some really cool stuff that way nice i was really interested in getting the 
is it the Olympus pen or something? The one that takes the, the half frames. I thought that looked mm -hmm. quite cool. Yep. Um, yeah, that that is really cool. Yeah, I I don't think you could crop at all if you if you uh, were trying to, but but it would be cool because you'd get so many shots. Yeah. So what's um what's the the ideal future for you in terms of photography? You mentioned you like to travel and learn another language. Would you love to be um, a photographer who just gets paid to travel to different countries and learn new languages, have a good time, or is that just uh, too too much of a dream? I, I, that would be awesome, but I do think that's a pretty lofty goal. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in a strange spot right now because the, the uh, pandemic still hasn't really sorted itself out yet. So, mm. um, I think once that calms down, my plan is to basically travel the U S and kind of figure out where I want to live for now in the near future to kind of set up shop, set up my own business. Um, but I'd love to do, uh, I'd love to just have like my own photography business, my own video sort of company, maybe kind of have a little rental house sort of side, side gig where we rent out gear to people that yeah. need it because that's always needed for the filmmaking community, wherever you are, is people that need to rent gear rather than buy it. Yeah. Um, and my, I think my ultimate goal is to be a DP on film and TV sets. Nice. Which is also, also a lofty goal, but that's, that's definitely like the dream job. So what's next for your channel? What video should we look forward to next? Do you have any more night shoots coming up or any other uh, reviews or anything like that? Uh, yeah, next. So there's definitely gonna be more night stuff just cause I really like doing that. <laughs> Um, but the next video I think is going to be me testing out this lens. Cause I actually haven't seen any of the results from it yet. I've actually got a roll of Ultramax in here that I'm testing, testing this lens out for. So that'll probably be the next video. Um, also I'd wanted, I want to do some more videos kind of helping, helping people get started with film photography. Um, so I'll probably do like a sunny 16 video. Um, and just some kind of general kind of helpful tips videos. Cause a lot of the people that comment are people that are just getting into film. So mm. I'd like to help them out a little bit if I can. Nice. Well, I look forward to that, buddy. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to let you get going now before we get cut off again. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It has been, it's been a, been really fun. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. I can't wait to hear how this turns out.